Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Decided to sleep in? Missed your favorite morning show? Yeah, don't worry. It's the Morning After Podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With their pre-owned personal shopper, your requests will be personally handled by their team of salespeople, sales managers, and vehicle buyers, meaning you got someone looking out for you the whole way. And with Easy Peasy Loan Approval, they've got you taken care of in a way that doesn't require a social security number or trigger a credit inquiry. So go check them out, Treasure Valley Subaru at the Idaho Center. Now, for Nick and Big J. Take it away, boys. Hey, so anything happened in pop culture over the last 24 hours, Big J? Um, absolutely nothing. I mean, what a crazy, awful weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And we are going to get into all of it over the course of the show today. We've got to break down what the hell happened last night. We have to, unfortunately, eulogize probably the most influential drummer, at least for a rock band that was formed in the last 30 years. Uh, that happened late Friday night. And, of course, you may have noticed more Foo Fighters peppered in over the weekend. Um, there was a reason for that, but we're going to talk about that over the course of the show today. A Bearded Badass is going to be happening, as well as tickets to a very big show that's going to take place on Saturday at Extra Mile Arena. That would be Shine Down, The Pretty Reckless, and Diamante, which is bananas. On top of all that, we have to try to put together... A fun little show for you to enjoy over the course of the next couple of hours. How was your weekend, Big J? Uh, well, I mean, it was... Don't lie to me. Well, part of it was pretty damn depressing and yeah. sad. Yeah. Uh, I won't lie about that, but it was a very busy Saturday, and yesterday just uh, kind of kicked it. Didn't do a whole lot, and I uh, wished I had watched the Oscars. How did you... Uh, well, I, I, well yeah, I, I didn't see anything I, until this morning. Okay, I was going to ask, when. Like, were you in, in bed or what? Uh, no, I was watching other stuff. Okay, but you didn't, like, check, like, social media or anything? Oh, no, uh-uh. Okay, okay. I tell you, on the weekends, I try to shut it down completely. Like, if it wasn't for you, I never would have woken up on Saturday to see the news about Taylor. What did I do? Well, um, I have my notifications set on your Twitter, so when you tweet, oh, I get I notified. See. I see. And so I would not have seen it at all, not for that. Well, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks Keep me plugged in. Uh, yeah, man, it was uh, a crazy and wild weekend, and it was a crazy and wild night, and we have to break down all of it over the course of the show today. Yeah, I, I was not watching it live either. It was one of those deals where I was I was basically kind of like, you know, because I knew what was going to happen, and so like I was kind of following along as I was also watching something else and kind of checking out Twitter as I was doing it, and then like something came up, and it was like, and he punched him? And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I went into a deep dive on it, and I was like, holy bleep. Holy bleep. And then, you know, almost right away, all of the unedited stuff that, like, aired in other countries came out. Australia. Yeah, and Japan. And so it was like, holy cow, man. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, but we'll get into all the details in case you missed any of it. We got you covered. Uh, we will have our takes and all that kind of fun stuff as the show goes forward. It's going to be a busy Monday, and I don't – I have to double-check stuff. I think something got moved, but there's a 50-50 chance we have a concert announcement today. Or oh. some sort of announcement today. Uh, we'll Could play you? it by ear. I'll have to go in and uh, double-check everything, because something got moved around, and I'm not sure if it it's today or next week. One of the two. But we'll also get started with some music this morning. It is Rob Zombie kicking things off here on the morning after on the X-Rocks. 
Morning After with Nick and Big J. Well, Tree Ford wrapped up over the weekend, and as Wednesday comes our way, we've got another big thing happening in the state of Idaho. For the first time in two years, Big J, the Sun Valley Film Festival kicks off. Ah, man, we love it. It starts Wednesday night with a little bit of a party in the mountains, and uh, they have a bunch of signature films that are coming, including uh, Fire of Love, which is a National Ge- Geographic film, and an adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's final novel called Across the Lever River and Into the Trees, which, of course, was written here in Idaho. And uh, that's going to star uh, Lee F. Schreiber, who's going to show up for the premiere for that, and they're also going to be honoring a couple other big-name celebrities that maybe you've heard of, Woody Harrelson and Amy Poehler are all popping by to be honored by the Sun Valley Film Festival. Of course, two years ago, the film festival was supposed to begin right when the pandemic kind of kicked off, and it got canceled. And, of course, last year there wasn't one. And so this is the first time in two years that they've been able to kind of get together for the Sun Valley Film Festival, which is a very big deal. It brings out all the hoity-toity stuff, and they got some really cool things going on. Always a nice thing, and it happens, you know, it's not super close, but still I would say enough to be in our backyard, agree or disagree. Oh, absolutely. And so when these things happen, we give a little tip of the cap and say nicely done. So congratulations to the Sun Valley Film Festival. I know you've got people very close to you that are involved in that, and way to go. Looks like they're kicking things off uh, right where it should be for the first time in two years, so I say huzzah. Huzzah! There's still a chance for you to grab passes for it if you want to. Now listen, they're not cheap, but listen, you're rubbing elbows with high society. It's the kind of stuff that's going to happen. So you can get more information at the SunValleyFilmFestival.org, and you can learn all about the screenings and the movies that are playing there if you like. Your final four is set, Big J. St. Peter's Cinderella Run came to an end on Sunday as the number 15 team in their particular side of the bracket fell to North Carolina, 69-49 in the Elite Eight game. North Carolina made its record 21st Final Four, and they will play... There are Tribal Duke, who, of course, they play several times in the ACC, but Mike Krzyzewski in his final season has once again led Duke to the Final Four as well. Uh, they won. Then number one Kansas beat Miami 76-50 to advance to the Final Four, and Villanova also advanced to the Final Four, even though uh, they're going to have a tough go of it because their superstar player Justin Moore uh, ruptured his Achilles uh, in the game in the Elite Eight, and he, his season is done. He'll have surgery this week. So it'll be a couple of Wildcats facing each other and a couple of ACC teams facing each other as we get ready for the national championship on the men's side of the ledger. Yeah, that huge uh, matchup uh, with uh, North Carolina and Duke. They've never met each other in the Final Four. They've never met each other in the tournament, Yeah, which, which is, is weird. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, earlier this year, uh, Coach K having to apologize for the performance. Uh, his last game on the home court didn't go so well. So there's some revenge factor here and uh, some big, huge bragging rights. Yeah, certainly no lack of storylines as they head into the Final Four on the men's side of the bracket. On the women's side of the bracket, uh, number one team Stanford and South Carolina both won their Elite Eight games to head to the Final Four. And we got two more to be played yet. Uh, to figure things out, uh, but uh, congratulations to all those teams as well. It was the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie, The Lost City, that finally knocked the Batman off the pedestal after three weeks. $31 million for The Lost City. That marks a record for opening for female-driven films released during the pandemic. Uh, congratulations to The Lost City. Batman still raked in $20 million, though. Triple uh, R made $9.5 million, Uncharted $5 million uh, at the box office, but it was really those two top uh, grocers that ended up making most of the box office fun. Uh, I have not seen anything about The Lost City. I mean, I know what it's about. Hey, did you know anybody that saw it? 
Uh, no, I haven't talked to anybody okay. that's seen it yet. I don't know if there's good good word of mouth or bad word of mouth about it, but uh, it can't be all bad, right? I mean, Shannon Tatum and Sandra Bullock are fun. Uh, it looks like a fun movie. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your first round of important stuff. That is Radiohead. That is Creep. You're on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And we, the rock world, got some pretty awful news on Friday evening. Uh, I think it cleared out around like 9.50 or something like that at night where the Foo Fighters just dropped a release on their social media that talked about the passing of their drummer, Taylor Hawkins, which was, you know, I saw it and I was like, what? What happened? But apparently it was uh, a very, very bad scene. They were there to play a festival. uh, And uh, apparently in his hotel room, he was found dead in Bogota, Colombia. The band was booked that night to play. According to a statement issued by the General of Colombia, they did find a preliminary uh, toxicology report. They found 10 substances, uh, including some marijuana, antidepressant, some opioids in the drummer's bloodstream. But again, it's too early to tell if that's what it was. I mean, really, you know, pot these days, you're not going to get a whole lot of, uh, you know, sideways glances because that, as it's legal pretty much everywhere except for here. And then you've got some possible, you know, prescription stuff. We don't know what, what was prescribed and what wasn't or how much was in his system. That's just it. This toxicology report is not a cause of death, you guys. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how he died. It really doesn't. What matters is we lost one of the greatest drummers in rock history when Taylor Hawkins passed away at the age of 50. Uh, We're not going to know anything for a couple of weeks as to what really did it, but uh, we do know he was suffering chest pains, and uh, when the police showed up to the hotel room, he was unresponsive, and they took him to a hospital, and they weren't able to revive him. But uh, it's just, it, it was really, really sad to find out that news on Friday. And, you know, the Foo Fighters are a very big deal for us here at the radio station. Uh, you know, uh, I, we have a great history with that particular band. It reminds me of the story where uh, we almost had the Foo Fighters for a free show. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember this? Well, I remember us trying to get them to come to town. Right. I didn't re- re- remember, I didn't realize we were talking to free show with them. Well, it wasn't a free X show, but it was, you know, they were doing these free small venue shows. Right, right. And, and so they were doing it in the release of an album. I think it was like 2016 or 2017. And so we had heard that they were kicking around the idea of doing something around here. And so we talked to the record label and we put together a video. And then we asked you guys as fans to submit your videos to try to talk the Foo Fighters into being one of the places. And we talked to the Knitting Factory and we got it to the record label. And we heard word that, you know what, it had worked. The band was going to do it. We were going to be one of the places. And we were, we were lining up all the details behind the scenes so that we could announce a small venue free show with the Foo Fighters and then they got an offer to play a music festival in Walla Walla, Washington and it was a paid gig and the Foo Fighters took that instead of doing the free show here which is kind of what happened but uh, then you know about what a year and a half two years later they finally were able to come to the Fort Idaho Center and they just knocked the place down and it was a crazy amazing awesome night which I still have the poster for hanging in my house uh, I am a huge Foo Fighters fan. Uh, Taylor is probably the guy from the Foo Fighters I've talked to the most. I was lucky enough to have two different conversations with the man, and he was always nice, always generous, always hilarious, and it just made me really, really bummed, man, for sure. Yeah, I know a lot of people who uh, know him, and it just um, yeah, they're devastated. And I can't even imagine what Dave Grohl's going through. 
Yeah, you know, the band flew back into town last night. There were some pictures of them getting into L.A. late uh, Sunday evening. And uh, there's some candid pictures of Dave Grohl, like, hugging their longtime manager. And they're, they're just crying. I mean, it's yeah. it's just heartbreaking, man. It's just straight-up freaking heartbreaking. Uh, of course, Taylor Hawkins had been with the group pretty much since their inception. Uh, he was a drummer for Alanis Morissette back in the day. He also then kind of transferred over to the Foo Fighters. He and Dave Grohl were best friends. They have been for years and years and years. And, you know, it was always the thing that struck me when talking to Taylor about the Foo Fighters was I don't think he ever took for granted the fact that he was in that band and then he had a chance to do some really cool things. In fact, uh, he get, got a chance to talk not too long ago about actually playing music with a bunch of his idols, including, you know, Paul McCartney and Rush and all that kind of stuff. Not only do you just get to, like, pinch yourself and say, wow, I'm in the room with this person, but you also get to kind of try and soak up a little bit of what they do musically, you know? It's neat. It really is amazing, and you really get to be in the presence of greatness when you're with people like that. And on top of being in the Foo Fighters, he also had some side projects that he would do as well. You know, he was in a band called Chevy Metal that he yep. was the lead singer for, uh, that you know did a lot of cover songs. And then he recently put out an album with or some music with Dave Navarro as well, with a little side project that we played here on the X as well with some good stuff. And I think that full album is yet to come out. Um, so I yeah, mean, the EP uh, NHC is the band you're talking about. Exactly, and uh, it's supposed to come out here in 2022. So at some point, we're going to get some unreleased music from Taylor Hawkins as well. But you know, he had his demons, he had his battles, he had his issues with drugs, he even uh, had an overdose back in the day, and he was very candid talking about that and his road to making sure that didn't happen again. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I spent my 20s trying to remain a child and then I've spent my 30s trying to become an adult you know it was a wild time and I was a wild idiot out of my mind and um, wasn't really ready to try and grow up a little bit you know and realize you know what's kind of important but, you know, uh, he, he definitely was able to get those things under control. Again, we don't really know what happened or if he relapsed or any of that stuff. So I'm not going to come on here and make a bunch of accusations or jump to conclusions or any of that stuff because it's not fair to him, his family, his bandmates, his friends, or anything like that. And at the end of the day, again, it doesn't matter. You know, how these people, our heroes, our musicians die isn't as important to me as the fact that what they did while they were here and the fact that they are now gone. I mean, you know, the way that our our favorite rock musicians like Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington and all that stuff die, it doesn't matter, man. What matters to me is it's gone, and maybe we can use this as a wake-up call. Maybe we can use this as a way to celebrate the music that they have while they're here and a way to remember them, and it, it just makes me really, really bummed. And, you know, it's also one of those deals where when you look around and see the way the rock community has reacted to his passing – you know the kind of impact that guy made. He wasn't just a drummer in the Foo Fighters. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. so much more. I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, it, it was everywhere all day Saturday and Friday night. Yeah, and you know your heart breaks for his wife, his children. Your heart breaks for Dave Grohl, who has lost his best friend now twice. Um, and and you know and uh, listen, I don't want to jump to conclusions when it comes to that, but I also would not be shocked if that's the last we see from the Foo Fighters. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a lot of heartbreak for Dave to go through. You know, when when this happened with Kurt, Nirvana stopped and Dave formed a new band. And Taylor's been with him since that very beginning. Granted, Dave did that first album on his own, but when they went out on tour, Dave, Tyler Taylor was there with him. And now, uh, you know, he's gone too, and that's his best friend lost him again. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to hear from the Foo Fighters again. I'll be honest. I know at some point Dave will will talk, and he will he will I'm sure express his gratitude for the life and his best friend and all that kind of stuff but at some point man it's like how many kicks to the junk can you take before you finally call uncle do you know what i mean yeah and just go you know what i think i'm gonna do something else i mean he is a author he is a documentary filmmaker he is a television show producer dave grohl's got so many of the movie star at this point he can do whatever he wants yes. he doesn't have to do foo fighters exactly and and i i wouldn't be shocked if he said listen that was the foo fighters and i don't think i could do this with somebody else behind the kit i wouldn't be shocked uh, nothing has been announced or anything like that but uh it just made me really really bummed man uh, one of the really good guys in rock and he certainly will be missed there's no doubt about it uh did you ever have a chance to, to sit down or talk with him no no never yeah it sucks man it really really is, is uh like i'm emotional now thinking about yeah, it yeah it's it's hard not to be i mean again like I, I i am a huge foo fighters fan i will i will tell you that they are in my top five bands of all time and he is a huge huge part of it and when i saw that on friday i was just i was in shock and i think i kind of still am it's been a shocking weekend if we're being honest and uh, and I'm still processing it myself, and I think we all are, and Lord knows I'm sure his bandmates and his family are. So we will give you updates as they become available, but without a doubt, rest assured, you're going to hear a lot more Foo Fighters in this radio station, and rightfully so. Yeah, and new Foo Fighters. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> no, it happens. You're going to hear all sorts of Foo Fighters. Morning After with Nick and Big J, your bearded badass is next to the X-Rocks. <laughs> Smith on the morning after with Nick and Big J. And you can check out all the great things the Bearded Smith does at thebeardsmith.com, including getting yourself an appointment there, whether it be at the shop in Caldwell or in Garden City. Again, thebeardsmith.com. Today's Bearded Badass takes the term to a whole other galaxy. Almost always seen with a closely groomed beard, this gentleman practically defined an entire genre of movies and helped revolutionize special effects in movies. I'm talking about George. George Lucas. After graduating from USC, he went on to direct a small sci-fi movie that critics loved but was a financial disaster. That movie was THX 1138. He rebounded with a movie not based in science fiction called American Graffiti, earning six Oscar nominations, but something loomed in the distance, Nick, a space opera that he just could not let go of, and today we see the full vision of Star Wars. And through Star Wars, a movie that pushed the limits of the 70s film special effects, Lucas built more than just a movie franchise, he built an effects empire, creating Lucas Arts and Industrial Light and Magic, which to this very day continues to push the boundaries of what is possible with special effects in movies and in TV. Star Wars wasn't his only contribution to pop culture smack. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> culture. No, he, along with his friend Steven Spielberg, created another iconic movie franchise, Indiana Jones. In 2012, Lucas decided to take a different direction and focus more on smaller independent filmmaking and philanthropy. So he sold Star Wars and Indiana Jones to Disney for $4 billion, which, as it turns out, <laughs> would be quite the bargain for Disney. Can't uh, believe he got ripped off yeah, in that money, right? Yeah, boy, that's crazy. Lucas, however, has remained semi-involved with with the Star Wars properties, offering up assistance in some regards, but he has remained mostly hands-off 
He's pledged to give away at least half of his fortune to charity, and he's put at least a billion dollars so far into the George Lucas Educational Foundation, which has helped numerous film charities and scholarships. Uh, there's no doubt about it. George Lucas has touched nearly every facet of modern entertainment, and for that we say thank you, George Lucas, a bearded badass. A beard you have made fun of on more than one occasion. Well, but... I make more fun of his neck, <laughs> but the true. beard is covering that. I mean, can you imagine if the beard wasn't there? No. It's why I have the beard. To cover my four chins. <laughs> but uh, without a doubt, you cannot, uh, at least, you have to acknowledge his footprint that he has left on the industry. Did you ever see that THX 1138? No. You've never seen it? No. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting movie, and, and, and I think a good one. Uh, let me tell you, though, what I what I miss. Uh, you remember back in the day, God, I mean, it had to be throughout the whole 2000s. Like, when you would go see a movie in the movie theater, and the THX sounder would pop up. Yeah. God, I loved it. I loved it. I still love it to this day. Yeah. Like, it's one of those sounds where it's just like it automatically makes me think I'm in for something really, really cool. Exactly. And that was just a sound system that they helped kind of pioneer that got started in uh, in movie theaters across the country. Of course, now things have gone way, way past that. The movie, the sound systems we're hearing are way better than that. Right. I'm just saying, bring back the sound. It makes me feel good. Well, there is the Dolby Atmos as their new sound now. Yeah, yeah. Do. Not, it's the, just same, not the same, but... But it's, it's fun. It's like that, that bass that's like shaking the whole theater. Yeah, it's the, similar to say, hey, this is leaps about to go down. Yeah, it gets you it gets you into the moment, and I liked it very much. But yes, uh, George Lucas is a pioneer, and by all accounts, you know, a very charitable dude, and a dude that, like, you know, is happy that I think that he's still involved in the Star Wars. Like, Favreau really wants his input on all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, The here's the three, and, you know, I've considered somebody else here a part of because John Favreau's been the bearded badass too mm-hmm. so him George Lucas and then Dave Filoni right. who uh, he hired years ago to do uh, one of the animation uh, things there in Star Wars and he's kind of taken over as one of the main uh, writers and, and making sure that everything's canon and all that stuff on the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett etc uh, those three guys right there are super uh, Star Wars uh, smart yeah. that way. I mean, I, I feel like he's done enough good in the world that it, it, it makes you forget the prequels, or or at least look past them a little bit. Yeah, see, I, my problem with the prequels is different than your problem with the prequels, and so I'll argue with you all day on some of that. I think the big mistake for that was being all digital. It looked terrible. And, and just really bothered me. The storylines, I had no problem with. Yeah, they got some pacing issues. But but my my other biggest problem with George Lucas was he wouldn't stop fiddling with the original trilogy. You know, he, he kept putting in the special effects. Like, somebody had to finally take it away from him and go, George, leave well enough alone, dude. Stop, oh, no. stop putting I, Jabba the Hutt in stuff and making it look really, really weird. I always thought good. those were just money grabs, and that seems to be something that's right along Disney's line. Yeah, they but that, that was sort of stuff. pre-Disney. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your bearded badass. We have ourselves some important stuff. We're going to hell coming up. Plus, of course, we got to talk Oscars. That's coming up, too. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. I mean, it's not a lot. But for the first time in nine weeks, Big J, the average price of gas here in the U.S. has fallen. It dropped about six cents. Now, the average price is still very high. It's four thirty-seven a gallon. And in some places here in the Treasure Valley, I've seen it as high as five. But that decline comes after nine straight weeks of price increases. It's gone up uh, a dollar a gallon in the last nine weeks. But now we're finally seeing it go down a little bit. Now, of course... Not enough for a lot of people to be happy because, you know, the price of oil has dropped pretty steadily over the course of the last month. But yet the prices were going up, which, of course, has led to price gouging accusations for oil companies and all sorts of stuff. But 
The highest price nationwide, that's in Los Angeles. It's still about $6 a gallon there. The lowest price, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Big J. There's lots of gas around that area. Three seventy still though in Tulsa. Damn. Uh, but the average price for fuel is still a dollar forty-two higher than it was one year ago. But we're still in the midst of all of this stuff. But maybe just maybe it means we're we're headed in the right direction. So no complaints about gas prices going down. I'll tell you that much. Look at this, Big J. Albert Pujols. Did you know he was still playing professional baseball? No. Uh, did you know that his ten-year contract is up with the uh, Anaheim Angels, which made him a free agent? No, it's true. And he signed a one-year, $2.5 million deal to go back to the St. Louis Cardinals. How old do you think Albert Pujols is, Big J? He's got to be 35, right? He, he is 42. 42? 42. Uh, listen, he, he is a Hall of Famer, first balloter, no doubt about it. Of course, he was with the Cardinals for his first 11 Major League seasons. He won three MVP awards there, two World Series with the Cardinals as well, nine All-Star games, all with the Cardinals. But... Guess why he's going back to the Cardinals? Because he got the DH over in the National League now, dude. Yeah. He doesn't have to run out there in the field. That 42-year-old ass can just go out there and just take some cuts. Yeah, it's, it's probably all he's got left. I, I'm not I mean, even sure he's got that. Million, that's not very much for a baseball player. No, no, no. It's a flyer for sure. And I'm not sure how much he'll see the field, but it is nice to see him kind of tip his cap one last time with the St. Louis Cardinals. Especially if you're yeah. a baseball fan or a Pujols fan, that's how he'll be remembered. I mean, that 10-year contract in Anaheim was not good for, I mean, it was good for Pujols. He cashed in pretty significantly, but he never really made the impact they thought he was going to make. Uh, you know, and don't forget, they signed him as a 32-year-old, too. So everybody was like, really, a 10-year contract at 32? But here he is still playing. So what are you going to do? That's going to do it for Michael Che, Big J. He has announced that he is leaving Weekend Update. On Saturday Night Live, uh, he has been on Weekend Update for eight years, one of the longest tenures in the show's history, uh, but not sure if he's going to leave the show entirely. He did say that the eighth year will be his last at the behind the desk, but he didn't really say he's leaving the show. But uh, they were just talking about how, you know, it's been crazy how consistent that particular segment for Saturday Night Live has been over the last better part of a decade, and now it's going to get shaken up again. So the desk is going to look different a little bit later next year. But as for right now, that's going to do it for Michael Che. Not that that affects you in any way, shape, or form, but it is a pretty big deal because I think he sets the record for most weekend update hosting gigs in the show's history. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff for the 7 o'clock hour. After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. Big J, it is important when you call 911 to give as many details as possible, man. So that if emergency services show up to your abode and are about to hopefully save your life if it's in one of those situations, they have everything that they need. And in a situation that happened last week in Richmond, Virginia, the person that called 911 didn't really give all the information that the authorities and the paramedics needed to help him, and it almost cost him his life. Because, listen, if your pet snake bites you and you have to call 911, you probably need to tell 911 that, oh, by the way, the pet snake that I have is one of the most deadliest snakes in the entire world. Oh, whoa, is it a cobra? It's an African pit viper. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you might want to let them know to have that venom ready for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A Richmond, Virginia man is lucky. Or you think you would have some on hand? Just in case? Oh, yeah, I got one of the most dangerous species of snakes uh, here in my house. I should have the anti-venom. 
He called 911 because his pet snake bit him and police raced to save his life. They received an emergency call that the man had been bitten by a snake, but then they were told the snake was an African pit viper, which is, by the way, uh, one of the most deadliest snakes in the world. So he, they did have anti-venom at the hospital. He was given it right away, but it was a bad snake bite. Big J wasn't enough. And because they didn't know that it was an African uh, pit viper, it took a little while for the expedited delivery of another round of anti-venom to make it to the hospital where he was. And it had to come from the Virginia Aquarium and Marine Science Center. Uh, but he was able to get it. The man is alive, but his condition is unknown. But yeah, you're going to have to like you know, kind of come up with those details fairly quickly in the call. Or whoever's doing that to go, hey, you know, this is an African pit viper. It's bad news. Also, like... Get a dog or a cat, man. <laughs> what are you doing? Get a regular pet, you creep with the snake. Uh, here's what, what I know. I don't know much, but I know this dude's a drug dealer. <laughs> because they're the only kind of people that have super venomous snakes and reptiles as yeah. pets. Yeah, why can't you just have a bull python? Right. Like my nephew. Everybody, Regular people can have snakes and reptiles. That's fine. But for some reason, if you've got a super venomous snake... Like, I've only come in contact with, like, two super venomous snakes in, like, an actual abode in my life. And both of them were <laughs> drug dealers that I knew growing up. And so maybe a deadly, the deadliest snake in the world isn't the best pet to have. I mean, just in case things go sideways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, having anti-venom on, you know hand is probably a smart idea but i uh, that also lends to you to credence to your thoughts that it's probably a drug dealer because they also are going to feel invincible like i'm never going to get caught doing this well i mean there's a you certain know? amount of badass them that i believe people think they have yeah tigers when you have right when you lions. have super deadly animals and i mean i'm not here to tell you that you're wrong but i, I don't really feel like it portrays that i feel like it's you know it's it's kind of like i don't know try to one-up somebody for no reason whatsoever i mean i don't think you're any tougher just because you have the world's deadliest snake i'm like that thing's gonna bite you one day and you're gonna be dead yeah, to me you'd be more tough if you had like like sensitive animals yeah like show if me you had a rabbit like a pet rabbit show me your chihuahua like how terrifying are you if you're like uh <laughs> like this badass drug dealer but you've got this little tiny chihuahua or a rabbit i mean that's like next level you know psychological warfare yeah you get it we're, we're, you, listen, you and I, we're playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers here. They're just, wow. they're just right. They're going right into the actual stereotypes that go along with it. They don't have to be Checkmate, that way. Checkmate, man. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X-Rocks. <laughs> SDP dead and bloated here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Let's get into it. Everybody is going to be talking about it all day, probably for weeks and months to come. But this happened on the Oscars telecast last night. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the sh Name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. 
I'm going to, okay? That's about as awkward as it gets. Woo! Awkward. Uh, it was tense, and it was real, and then, of course, everybody thought it was a work and a bit, and that they were faking it, and I kind of did it first when I first saw it, and then I saw it slow down, and I was like, no, that slap definitely connected. Well, then, but then you also see Jada's face. Right, right. Which, which is, uh, that's, you know, because at the beginning of that, Will was laughing. Yes, yes, and then he saw the reaction, or something happened, or whatever, and, you know, there there is a... A interesting kind of debate that is being had and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I- I'm curious to see where you make out on this particular thing. What are you thinking about this as, as it happens? Because you didn't see it till this morning. Yeah, no, I didn't see it till this morning. And, and um, like, absolutely, he should have not have gone up there and slapped Chris Rock. Right? That's just, that's unacceptable. It's also unacceptable, I think, for Chris Rock to be making fun of Jada Pinkett Smith's, you know, hair situation is that something that she's had a personal issue with uh in alopecia and those sort of things and so that was a personal dig i think that jada felt was personal and that's how you get to that right but i think that you don't have the situation happening either is if jada pinkett and will smith don't have this red youtube talk show where they air out all their dirty laundry and then it's all about uh, them and the sort of relationship they have etc i think a lot of that and the memes and all that pushed will to probably have an overreaction to this situation because he's tired of hearing about how he's not uh, a man etc all those sort of things it's just one of those real stupid toxic situations that you know honestly probably never would have happened had they never been open and doing that and telling everybody about stuff we don't want to know yeah yeah i mean i'm with you i'm I'm a little bit torn because you're right i mean it's straight up assault and it's not okay and by the way it's never okay i mean i'm not saying you shouldn't be offended i'm not saying that there there should there wasn't a line that wasn't crossed i'm just saying that number one it's an award show which all these things do is roast people for their appearance and otherwise now granted it's a health situation and alopecia is an actual disease and nobody should be made fun of for whatever kind of health problems that they have but that being said i mean there were worse jokes that happened last night you know i mean amy schumer joked about jake and maggie gillenhall having incest i mean that to me is a line that crosses it way worse than this but it's not a personal health issue that somebody's struggling with and having you know real problems with and i get it but the the thing that i have a problem with is It'd be different, I think, if he handled it man-to-man offstage, okay? And it'd be different if, like, Chris Rock did a tight five about alopecia, you know? I think a throwaway joke at the Oscars about a movie is not funny, it's not okay, but it's also not like he was personally attacking and dug into her for like an hour or what you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it it seemed like it was a throwaway really bad joke that shouldn't have been done but the weird precedent that it sets that makes it seem like it's okay to do this when somebody is offended or a line that you feel is crossed whether it has been crossed or otherwise this is about personal feelings it's a weird precedent to set because listen we're in the rock world we have a real we have a real history with people assaulting people on stage. Do you understand what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. And so it, 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 it's, if we say it's okay to do that if you're offended, it's a weird line that you are going to get into and you are going to cross, and I don't think it's okay. Now, I feel like, you know, that Chris Rock, number one, can take a hit. I'll give him that. Number two, handled it the, the only way that he could, which is he didn't. He decided not to press charges, and uh, apparently they, they figured it out after the show which is the best way that this could possibly be handled but to me handled but to me the craziest thing about that night wasn't the slap i mean it was pretty crazy but then 
10 minutes later, Will Smith wins the award for Best Actor and has to go up there when, listen, I don't care if, if you think assault charges should have been pressed or not, you take that out of that situation. You know what I'm saying? That man should not be in that room anymore because of what happened and the, the security protocols that were breached and all that kind of stuff that made it weird and uncomfortable. And then he has to go up on stage 10 minutes later and gives this really weird, really emotional, really tear-filled spe speech about what's going on. And it just... It made everything awkward. You know what I mean? It made it all crazy and weird and everything, you know, kind of goes back to this moment. But listen, man, the Oscars are relevant again. The one thing that they couldn't pull off for the last 20 years, they pulled off. Yeah. Not the way they wanted to, but it's what everybody is going to talk about. But I think we just need to be really careful about, you know, yes, it's fine if you want a white knight will for standing up for his wife, but... I mean, at what point does that does that make it okay for you to assault comedians and they make jokes about people? I mean, it's a weird line that we're crossing. Yeah, him yelling at the end would have been much better than him just going up. Then it would be like, okay, you, you, you served what you needed to do to take care of whatever with your wife and feel okay about that, but you also didn't assault somebody uh, and you made a point that, hey, that isn't okay, etc., and then you can move on from that. But right. the, the step of walking up in the middle of all that, that was you know, clearly and shocking, and I think a lot of people like most of the people who first saw it was probably, oh, it's just a setup. Yeah. And maybe even some people there were like, hey, what's yeah. going on? I, I honestly think if the uncensored stuff didn't air in other countries, we'd still think it was a bit. Because of the way the Oscars handled it, number one, the fact that they didn't address it and they didn't remove him from the situation made it feel like a bit. The fact that they had perfect framing on the slap made it feel like a bit. The fact that they cut away from it and then didn't take a commercial made it feel like a bit. But when you slow it all down and you look at it all in real time and you realize what's going on, it was a very real situation that happened. And, you know, I, I, it's an emotional thing that, that, that the Smiths are going through and all that kind of stuff. But you're right. That, I mean, that they brought upon themselves. Well, they do air a lot of dirty laundry. And they yes. Totally. That's all on them. Nobody asked. Uh, we, the fans didn't ask. God, I wish we had a YouTube show uh, where Jada and Will and the entire family aired out every dirty laundry thing that they ever had. Right. Right. You're right. But, you know, it's also a situation where, you know, there's a health situation involved and all that kind of stuff that makes it a little bit more murky territory than it would be otherwise. But we're talking about, again, an award show where you know you're going to get roasted at some point. That's what these things are. And especially if you're sitting that close and it is a movie joke. But I understand how feelings could be hurt. And I understand how somebody could think lines could be crossed. But, again, I don't think you crossing a line like that on live television in front of millions of people and assaulting somebody is the way to make that go away. Although, do you think everybody's going to think twice before they uh, do any other kind of put-down humor? You know what I mean? Probably not. Uh, yeah, probably not. But it was a weird and awkward and crazy situation last night. And I'm not sure anybody is going to. Uh, there's going to be plenty of takes about it today. So get ready. Ha hang on. It's just getting started. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. We are getting closer and closer as a society to understanding the benefits of CBD and cannabis when it comes to pain treatment as the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons recently okayed a tablet that was created with CBD that specifically reduces the amount of pain that you can have after surgery. 
This particular pill, which is called Overez, contains 50 milligrams of CBD and will help you safely manage pain without the side effects that are usually associated with other pain pills like nausea, anxiety, and of course, if you're on narcotics, guess what? Constipation, bro. Yeah, it's a big problem. The trial consisted, and you know, also there's the whole opioid crisis that's going on too. Trial consisted of about 9,000 adults between the ages of 18 and 75 who needed rotator cuff surgery. The patients who took this pill uh, experienced 23% less pain than those who didn't take the pain pill at all and was helpful in managing them recover from surgery. So, now we've got the Association of Orthopedic Surgeons that are on board with this stuff. And maybe, just maybe, this could be an alternative to some of the other pain pills that are being prescribed currently after surgeries, which is a nice and good breakthrough, I think. Now, we live in a state that won't prescribe that, so that becomes an issue that in and of itself is a little bit different than some other places may have. You know, this is not a problem in a lot of places that have medical marijuana and things like that. Idaho, not one of those places, nor will it be anytime soon. So, even though this is an accepted and... I guess, ballyhooed alternative to what you may face if you have surgery, uh, you won't have the access to that here. So, sorry guys. Maybe, but probably not in our lifetime, Big Jack. St. Peter's Cinderella run came to an end last night when number 15 team fell to North Carolina. Final score 69-49 in the Elite Eight game. North Carolina made their record 21st Final Four. They'll take on Duke, who knocked off uh, the other that it was facing in the, uh, the Elite Eight game. So Mike Krzyzewski's back in the Final Four. Number one, Kansas and Villanova, your other Final Four seeds on the men's side of the bracket. That will get underway here soon. So we got your Final Four. 0.01% of the brackets filled out. Big J had the Final Four correct. So no perfect brackets. That was done in the first day. But there is still like, I think like 15 people or something like that that got the Final Four correct all the way through, which is a credit to what they've done. Uh, we talked about Will Smith and Chris Rock, but believe it or not, there were also awards handed out last night at the 94th Academy Awards. It was Coda that ended up winning the Best Picture of the Night. It won Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor as well. That went to Troy Kotsur, of course, the second deaf uh, actor to win the award at the Academy Awards. Uh, I don't think you've seen it. I did. It's a really good movie, man. I mean, I have no problem with Coda knocking out the awards last night. It's emotional. It's actually pretty heartwarming. And it, it was a pretty good film. So I, I'm okay with Coda winning the award. Uh, Power of the Dog was kind of going in as the favorite. But uh, Jane Campion ended up winning the Best Director uh, Award. Dune won a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. Six trophies, as a matter of fact. Including Best Cinematography, Visual Effects, Best Production Design, uh, Soundtrack as well. So that won all the technical awards that didn't make your TV. But the acting awards, Jessica Chastain won Best Actress, as expected. Will Smith won Best Actor, as expected. And I think it was a minor upset for Coda to win the Best Picture of the Year. But it was still a lot of fun. Billie Eilish won an Oscar. That's right, for uh, No Time to Die. Just like everybody thought she would as well. Not a lot of surprises last night outside of what happened on the stage. When it came to the awards, it pretty much went as expected. But there were also some very interesting kind of reuniting things happening on stage. The Godfather reunited on stage. Pulp Fiction 
reunited on stage. That was kind of cool. And did you see the fan awards, Big J? I think a lot more people will be talking about this. Yeah, I was, was going to say that for bad impressions, but go ahead. Uh, but yeah, Zack Snyder's, uh, the, the, the internet took over is what happens, basically. I mean, I don't know why anybody was surprised, if we're being honest, because the, the Snyderverse is pretty popular on the Twitter, which is where people were asking people to vote for their fan favorite moments, and Zack Snyder won both of them. But... I, I wasn't surprised because uh, I know it wasn't the box office champion. Well, neither of them were released in the box office, first of all. But secondly, I mean, listen, in the history of time, there's only one person that has garnered enough interest to create an online kind of campaign that made a movie studio remake a movie. <laughs> Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? With additional footage and added millions upon millions of dollars to that. It's because the internet comes alive for Zack Snyder. So it shouldn't be surprised that this won. Which is why. Why? I mean, I get that you wanted to see the Snyderverse, all that, but I mean, now it's like a loyal army. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, think, <laughs> I mean, he could, he could point it at whatever he wants, and I don't understand uh, the people who are following him in that way. Why? Well, you're acting like he's asking people to vote. He never did. He didn't vote no, any of this stuff. Know, they took it on themselves. Somebody is is in charge of something. I feel like if you uh, listen, I, and, and I'm a, a Zack Snyder fan. I enjoy the work yeah. that he does. I didn't vote for any of this stuff online, but I feel like in that particular world, there is this feeling of disrespect towards Zack Snyder because of the way he was treated when it came towards yeah. Justice League, and also the fact that a lot of people just poo-poo the stuff that he does, no matter what. And I feel like they they think that they're sticking up for some underdog or something, which he very much isn't, by the way, because he still gets hundreds of million dollars to make films. He's doing just fine. Yeah. But either you like his stuff or you don't like his stuff. And I feel like there's people think that they're doing God's work or whatever by giving the man credit for putting together a superhero movie, which maybe is a little bit crazy. But still, yes, the, the, the Snyder bros will come forward no matter what. And if you give them an internet vote to take over, they will take advantage. So every year he has a movie out, and every year they do this. It would be... I'm right? guessing... Well, listen, I, I don't think the fan favorite thing went over like they thought it would. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a short-term kind of thing, because, you know, I don't <laughs> think it went the way they wanted it to go. This How did is they want it to go? I think they wanted it to have a, a Marvel kind of moment at the Oscars, and it didn't happen that way. That's what I think. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will do some pop culture smackdown coming up in a few minutes. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Hey, let's get you first level seats to shine down. Pretty Reckless Diamante. That show happening Saturday at Extra Mile Arena. Uh, big deal. Big fun. And uh, all yours here if you can beat me in pop culture smackdown. All right. Now it's time to get on the phone, 208-287-1003, if you want to take on Big J in this battle of pop culture supremacy. How you feeling, Big J? You ready? Ah, uh, no. Go a couple rounds? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, the X. Hello, the X. Good morning, man. What's your name? Steve. Steve, you're up first. Steve, what fictional town does SpongeBob SquarePants live in? Oh, my God. Uh... Dude, I am sorry. Forget. Oh, no. Wrong. Oh, Steve, we love you. We're sorry that you got that question wrong. Hello, the X. It happens. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. What fictional town does SpongeBob SquarePants live in? What fictional town does SpongeBob SquarePants live in? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Bikini Bottom. Yeah. Right. Thank the dude that has kids behind you. Big J, TNT runs what movie for 48 hours straight during Christmas every year? 
TNT? TNT. Oi. Um, let's go with It's a Wonderful Life. Wrong. No, man. No, man. That just airs on NBC once. Uh, they do the famous marathon of what movie? Do you happen to know the answer, sir? You win no matter what. Christmas Story. Yep. Right. A Christmas Story is the one that they air for 48 hours straight every single year. Good job, man. I, mean, I swear for a while it was It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I don't remember that ever being like, a marathon. I remember, you know, it's a tradition that they aired around Christmas, but that's on NBC. But TNT has always done the 42 straight days of A Christmas Story, back to back to back to back to back. Uh, and I'm shocked that that is, uh, it looks like it's foreign to you in every way, shape, and form. Mm-hmm. Morning After with it's My Nick. least favorite Christmas movie. Shut up, for real? Yeah, for real. You don't like that movie? You never have. That's crazy. How come? I don't know. It's a great question. What is it about it that puts you off? That little kid. Four eyes. God, you hate kids. Morning After with Nick and Not Big wrong. J. That's it for Pop Culture Smackdown. Your headlines are next on the X-Rocks. <laughs> headlines are as follows, Big J. Stop doing this. Finders keepers and, aw, you know... Stop doing this. Ohio police are reminding the public, uh, that is you and I, Big J, once again, stop using 911 to complain about fast food. But we continue to do this as a society. Why? But there was a woman in Ohio that apparently was upset with the amount of chicken that she paid for at a KFC drive-thru. She didn't feel like she got the proper amount of pieces of chicken in her bucket. <laughs> she said she ordered a six-piece, but she only got four, and she wants her chicken, which is why she called the 911 dispatcher. So police actually kindly reminded her that this is not the proper use of 911 and resolve the problems that she has with the manager and not with the police. Also, not getting shorted on a fast food order is not a police matter, no matter what you think. I mean, you know, unless that, that somehow turns physical, it's not a police yeah. matter. Like, that's just walking in and getting the rest of your order, bro. I, I have a solution to make these go away, Nick. Fire and ready. All right. I, I think really they people just want they want to be heard and they want to want somebody to know that, hey, this is messed up and this happened to me. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of customer service numbers. I mean, they're at the window whenever you go to the drive through. Nobody wants to call those. What we need is like a 911, but for fast food issues. But what would their responsibilities be? You know, just there just to hear you complain. But this woman wants something done. I don't think she yeah, wants to be well, hurt. She I wants mean, her chicken. Maybe it's uh, something that all the fast food companies can get together and put together, and then they can, you know, send the complaint. Like self-policing. Yes. Yeah, that works out in other places, right? I'm sure they can make some money off of it. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, isn't that kind of what the hotlines are supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, but nobody's going to call that. But if you say, oh, I'm gonna, I call 211. Hello, what is your fast food emergency? So if they make their hotlines a three-digit number, you think they're more likely to call? Yes. Shorten the numbers, and you might have a better response. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe a good marketing campaign. I mean, I guess the the idea, if you're a fast food restaurant, is to do such a good job that you don't require one of those, therefore you don't need to put money into that? Well, that's not happening, okay? (laughs) No, no. There's a lot of crazy people who take things the wrong way. No, you're right. You're right. But we still have to stop calling 911 for fast food stuff. We have to. It's never going to happen, but we do have to. Finders keepers are aw, you know? Aw, you know? Can I can I get some good news out there? Is that okay? Please. There is a fifth grade class in Indiana that is aiming to spread a little happiness with a special hotline they've created called When Life Gives You Lemons, Call a Fifth Grader. 
And basically, the teacher who teaches uh, fifth grade at Milford Middle School in Wasi, Indiana, uh, came up with the idea for a phone line for her class after reading about a similar project done by a California uh, kindergarten class. And she says, listen, the world is a chaotic place. It's kind of dark. And so what happens is if you're having a bad day or you're having some terrible things that are happening to you, you call this number, which is 574-832-4965, and you get a pre-recorded message from a bunch of kids sending positive messages your way. Like, hey, have a great day. The world is better with you in it, etc., etc. It's actually kind of moving. It's very sweet, and it's very nice of them to do that. And I like the idea. Sometimes you just need a positive message to get you through the bleakness that is a Monday. And having somebody on the other end going, hey, you know what? You're going to be all right is maybe sometimes all it takes to turn the mood around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's also jokes on there. There's advice, inspirational quotes. So they mix it up a little bit, but it's nice. So if you need a positive message, 574-832-4965. And I wouldn't be shocked if there were more of these coming very, very soon. And I'm all for it. Why not, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a nice way to start them early on teaching kindness to other people, especially people you don't know, because you don't know what the hell they're going through. And it's a good way to get positive juju out there, which I like. Wrap it up with finders keepers, Big J. We have another big find courtesy of a metal detector. A gentleman named Craig O'Neill was doing his metal detecting on a beach in Florida, and he found a 20-pound cannonball under four feet of sand. The cannonball they're guessing is from either the 1700s or the 1800s and probably was fired from a nearby fort that no longer exists. Now, since cannonballs might contain unexploded powder, the police had to dispose of the device properly, so he doesn't even get to keep it. But what a find. I mean, listen, that's what you're looking for when you're in metal detecting, right? Uh, no. Huh? I I think you're probably looking for treasure. But this is historical treasure, and it's still pretty cool. But it's too bad you don't get to keep it. Yeah, well, not even keep it. At least cash in on it. You know what I mean? That's what you really want. But no, you have to, like, have it exploded properly. That's no fun. Also, I didn't know that cannonballs from the 1700s had, like, powder in them that could explode. I just kind of thought they were just large projectiles that were meant to cause, you know, basically damage. I didn't know they were explosive. But uh, now I know. I'm learning things about cannonballs and about metal detectors. And the fact that you don't get to keep the stuff that you find kind of makes me sad. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There are your headlines. You're up to date on all the things. 100.3, the X. And Bad Impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. It's more than just Subaru. They're the Idaho Center pre-owned superstore. And uh, we've got some tickets for you to go see Shine Down and the Pretty Reckless and Diamante at Extra Mile Arena this Saturday. First level seats. Just figure out Bad Impressions. Here's our phone number, 208-287-1003. That's the number you need to call if you'd like to play Bad Impressions, which works like this. Big J has three clues. They all point around somebody pretty famous. Figure out that famous person in those three clues or less, and you are a concert goer come Saturday. Hello, the X. Hi, this is Danny. All right, Danny, you're up first. Good luck. Thank you. Seems not many folks enjoyed my version of the Joker from the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, what's the next one? I won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, not sure. I've been called the method actor. Imagine how I got into the Morbius role. Um, oh, same. You can do it. 
We believe in you, Danny. Jared Leto. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, take it. it. Good job, Danny. Hang on one second. Shine down. Pretty Reckless and Diamante tickets are yours. Please hold tight. Why is Jared Leto in the news? Well, I think there's probably a pretty good uh, list of actors who've uh, won an Oscar and then went on to win a Razzie, Nick. Or vice versa. <laughs> exactly. And that is indeed the case here for uh, our friend Jared Leto, who uh, has won uh, a Razzie for Best Supporting Actor in House of Gucci. Yeah, that was one that people thought maybe he got snubbed for an Oscar nomination, but it's uh, it's an interesting uh, decision. Jared Leto makes a lot of interesting acting decisions, I find. And uh, this was one where, you know, he got all prosthetic up and uh, did a very, you know, cartoonish Italian accent. And uh, and the, the Razzies apparently didn't like it, so they, they gave him the Best Supporting Actor award. But uh looked like Space Jam won the day. Uh, it, it, Space Jam won in a lot of categories, I'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, including Best Actor, or I'm sorry, Worst Actor right. in LeBron James. Uh, boy, bad. And then the other movie that won all the other awards was Diana the Musical, which I you know, knew existed, but I don't know anything about it. But I'm guessing it's terrible just based on the title yeah, alone. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously. You and, don't need a Princess Diana And musical. Razzie Redeemer Award? I don't know what that is. I believe that is somebody that has won a Razzie in the past that ended up going on okay. to do better things. So that was Will Smith. Right, because he won the Oscar last night for King Richard. And I think he won the Razzie in, in before for, um, like, uh, God, I can't even remember the name of it now. Maybe it was Hitch? With Kevin James, okay, I think he won yeah, worst duo that, or something. That makes sense. But uh, yes, so he has redeemed himself. Morning after with Nick and Big J, we will try to do the same when we wrap up the show. That's next on the X Rocks. That's the Foo Fighters. It's Love Dies Young here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. That band played a big part of our show today. Unfortunately, we had to eulogize Taylor Hawkins. Had a chance to do that. We talked about the craziness was the Oscars, the slap. Big J's house powered by TikTok, and we even gave away some Shinedown tickets today and talked about <laughs> Super Venomous Snakes. So I would say we ran the gamut today uh, for sure. More Shinedown tickets coming your way tomorrow. That'll give you reason to tune in, and that leaves you with the floor, Big J. Uh, yeah, uh, Elon Musk uh, wants to maybe start another uh, social media platform. Guys, so. I, I don't care how rich you are. That doesn't seem to go real well. It's not. It's not. That didn't sound fun. Well, I mean, it's just like we've tried this a bunch of different times, and uh, unless you're like completely and totally lucky, that's the only way social media stuff happens. It's not by because some famous rich person decides to create a new space for whatever reason. Uh, that has seemed to fall in flat on its face a couple times over. Uh, now, granted, these are particular people that have tried these these social media and these new platforms, and it doesn't seem to take off. But I would not advise him against that. Or I would advise you would him against advise it. Him, yeah. I, I don't think that's a smart way to spend your time. And, and with that kind of uh, you know uh, advice, I think I'm not going to start my social media platform either. Well, listen, so, I'm you. open to your idea. You're not a rich dude that's looking to find a new place to do it. What What's your social media? I don't idea? know. Oh. I just. It sounded like you had I, one. Well, no. I could. I could put one together. Oh, I don't think you could, buddy. I, I mean, it's another you're... get rich fast type idea. Yeah, you looking for investors. Hit me I, up at bigjxrock.com. Idea pending, but you're looking for investors. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for investors. I mean, the idea is to come. You're just looking for money. Yeah, I got you. Uh, next set of X Rock brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. 
from tank or tankless water heaters, clogged drains, leaky faucets, toilets, and won't flush. Stop the freaking call Beacon. Beacon Plumbing, Heating, and Mechanicals, your trusted plumbing source. It's online at beaconplumbing.com. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Jason Drew's up next. Have a good one, guys. It's the X Rock. The Morning After Podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, idahoadvocates.com.